Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. So very much. Amen. The book of Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 22. Speaking of the church, but ye are come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, blood of sprinkling, that speaketh better things than, than that of Abel. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh, for if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more, I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more, signifieth the removing of things that are shaken. The removing of things that are shaken and of things that are made. That those things which cannot be shaken may remain. The removing of things that can be shaken and the remaining of things which cannot be shaken. Wherefore, receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. Wherefore, receiving a kingdom which cannot be, remo- be removed or be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably and with reverence and godly fear. Let's serve the Lord that way. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. I appreciate your word. I love your word. Hallelujah. Church, can we thank him for the word of God today? It is our sustaining force. It is our stabilizing force. It is our foundation in a shaky time. It is the foundation, Lord, that we must have. God, we praise you today. We love you, and we give you glory. My assignment today is to preach unmovable. My topic is unmovable. Say that with me. Unmovable. Hallelujah. Turn to somebody by you and just simply tell them that. Unmovable. God, you can be seated. The last words that the Apostle Paul penned was to his son in the gospel, Timothy. And he wrote them from a prison cell. And he said something like this in 2 Timothy 3 and 1. This know also... That in the last days, perilous times shall come. Perilous times shall come. 
Then he began to list what that looked like. Permit me to read from the paraphrase known as the message. It says, as the end approaches, people are going to be self-absorbed, money-hungry, self-promoting, stuck up, profane, contemptuous of parents, crude, coarse, doggy dog, unbending, slanderers, impulsively wild, savage, cynical. Somebody say amen. Treacherous, ruthless, bloated windbags. I like that. Bloated. If you watch the news, you're watching some bloated windbags. Oh, heaven help me. Mm. Bloated windbags. Man, I just keep on saying that because it sounds like our times. Addicted to lust and allergic to God. Addicted to lust, but allergic to God. They'll make a show of religion, but behind the scenes, they're animals. He said, stay clear of those kinds of people. People are smooth-talking, talking themselves in the home of unstable people and needy women and taking advantage of them and leading them astray, leading them astray. Paul warned Timothy, he said, this no, this no, be aware of this, troublesome times are imminent. Troublesome times are imminent. Now, a lot of things we need to understand is that when the Bible says the last days or the last times, it doesn't always mean at the end when the Lord comes. It sometimes means the period between the beginning of the church and the rapture of the church. Okay? There's perilous times, and there have been seasons of the rise of perilous times, of of persecution, of trouble, of situations that come our world's way that has hit the church hard. Amen. Uh, We we know that there are those that have died for the faith, martyrs for the faith. Perilous times. Perilous times speaks about difficult times, hard times, hard times to approach, hard times to bear under, troublesome, dangerous, fierce, savage. The word here is from the root word, which means and carries the idea of reducing strength. They sap you of strength. We talked about it being vexed as Lot was vexed. It's a, it's a, a sapping of our strength in that hour that the perilous times take place. In Hebrews chapter 12, it opens up with describing our life of faith as a race that we must run with persistence and endurance. Like the heroes of chapter 11, we've got to run the race by faith. Like Abraham and like Moses and like those after that were people of faith, we must run the race before us. Amen. We are called to lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us or hinders our advancement. The encouragement is looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Keep your focus on the prize. Keep your focus on Jesus. 
Verses 3 through 11 speak of the value of discipline in the seasons of God's correction and chastisement. He said, don't be weary in verse 3 and faint in your minds when you fall under the correction of the Lord. Don't be discouraged when the Lord chastens you. Our disciplines, our trains us as the word means. Discipline and training. Verse 7 says in, in Hebrews 12, if ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof are all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. What is he saying is that the father corrects his legitimate children. And if they are illegitimate, then they are fathered by something else rather than by the father. So if you are fathered by your heavenly father and born again, you are his son and his daughter and his purpose in your life is to correct you. How many of you ever heard your parents saying, this hurts me more than it hurts you? Or how many of you said that? It hurts me more than it hurts you. Amen. But correction comes into our life, chasing us to teach us and to train us, to prepare us to become better children of God, to prepare us for times that shaking will come, to prepare us where we must be unmovable. I want to tell you the trials and troubles you have been through, the situations you have been through in your past is not meant to punish you, but rather to train you. God chastises, not so we can just hurt us. Amen. He corrects us, not just simply to hurt us, but rather to train us. Amen. What you have gone through in your life, the situations you have gone through is the loving correction of a heavenly father that says, I'm not here to destroy you, but rather to prepare you for perilous times. I'm here to prepare you. Every test you've ever been through, every trial you've ever been through should not be looked at as just simply a hardship, but rather it's my stepping stone to get ready for the time of perilous times. Perilous time. The writer of Jeremiah prophesied like this. He said in 12 and 5, Jeremiah 12 and 5, if thou hast run with the footmen and they wearied thee, then how canst thou contend with horses? And if in the land of peace wherein thou uh, trustest they wearied thee, then how wilt thou do in the swelling of Jordan? Amen. There are times coming, brothers and sisters, it's going to be like we haven't seen before. It's prepared right before us. You can see it unfolding before us. But what you need to understand is that everything you've been through, every trial you faced, every situation you faced, amen, that you come through it, you were triumphant over it, and you're still here, you're still victorious, amen, they are preparing you for your future, amen, some of you have been through some difficult times, some very hard times, and you didn't realize it, but God was helping you to be ready to run with the horsemen, to run with the future, amen, if I can't walk with the footman how am I going to run with the horseman there's a shaking that is going on in our world today and that which can be shaken will be removed but that which cannot be shaken will remain somebody say unmovable so the purpose of chastisement is to train us as sons 
train us as sons. You know, a human father corrects. How many dads correct your children? Let me see your hand. Get your hand up. Do you ever ever corrected your children one way or another? Man, even even Cole's got his hands up. How do you correct that? How do you look at that and say, I got to straighten that up? That's too sweet. I don't understand that. That's They, human fathers, do it for a few days, chastise them because it's best for them. It's best for your children if you correct them. It's best that you train them. We live in a day where a bunch of kids have grown up and they don't know how to cope. They've never faced one difficult time in their life because their mom and dad had been these bubble wrap parents that made sure that everything was protected. My, they look like the Michelin man when they go ride their bike and so they're, they're being protected on every side. We want to make sure that we coddle them and care for them and protect them and keep them. But when situation, that's, where do I go? I go to drugs. I go to some other place to try to cope. I'm trying to cope. Amen. Thank God for a loving mom and dad that patted me on the back real low, real hard, real often so that I can understand that I'm being trained to handle some things. If natural parents do that, then how much more does our heavenly father do it? Picking up the narrative in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 12. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down. Lift up the hands that hang down. Lift up your hands. Hands speak of authority and power. Lift up your, your power. Amen. Lift up your authority. Lift up a hand. Lift your hands up. When you begin to see these things come to pass, Jesus said, look up. Amen. I say, let's lift up as well as look up. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Amen. Strengthen the feeble knees. Hallelujah. Be encouraged, dear runner. Be encouraged today. I believe that you can be strong in the Lord and lay hands on your faith and build up your faith by the word of God and praying in the Holy Ghost. Run on, runner. Amen. This is no time to give up. This is no time to slack off. It's a time to run this race with patience, with endurance, with persistence. I encourage you today, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So it says, make straight, verse 13 says, and make straight the paths before your feet. Somebody say, clear distractions. Clear distractions. You want to you find something that's zapping your strength, cut it out. You find something that's pulling you down, cut it out. Turn it off. Why? It's a distraction. And the word says, clear the way for your path to run. I'm running because I plan on running now that I can keep up, brother, brother Joe, with the horsemen when they come. When the trouble times come, it's not going to get me down. I'm running. I'm looking to Jesus. I'm staying focused upon my ministry. Hallelujah. This world is going through a lot of shaking. But there's a child of God that says, I will be unmovable. I will be unmovable. Distractions. I got to clear that out of my life. Amen. The Father's chastisement has taught us his holiness. So we must live it out before others. 
Amen. God is looking for unmovable saints that will follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Especially in shaky times, we need people to be solid in their faith, solid in their convictions, solid in what they believe. I don't think now's the time to change hardly anything when it comes to your concept of conviction, when it comes to your concept of holiness and living for God. Why? Because there's a vacuum at work that wants to pull people left and right away from solid convictions. I am determined in this year, in 2021, I want to be unmovable, unshakable, unalterable in the work of God. The writer of Hebrews first speaks about the first shakening, first shaking. And it was speaking about when the law was given on Mount Sinai, the first shaking come. Do you realize when the law came, it shook things up? There was oral law. There was concepts of law. And then God gave to Moses the law and said, I put it in stone. This is how you live. Can you imagine listening to that? Now, you can't do this, and you can't do that on this day, and that day, and this third day of this week, and this, and you know, got to have this sacrifice. How many of you are reading, as I did this past week in my Bible reading, I was reading, and I, got list, I was listening about uh, the, the uh, consecration of Aaron and his sons. Not only did it just say sacrifice this, but you got to cut off this part of the, the kidney and that part of the, 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 the entrails and all this goes here and it gets this. You know, I told Bishop this week, I said, just throw that animal up there and burn it up. But the Lord was not like that. It's got to be just like this. And, like, and then you got to throw the blood up against the altar. And, you, and, and, and I'm, my head's spinning because I, I can't understand all that. But what he was doing is he was laying a foundation. Anybody in Leviticus? Reading through Leviticus right now, maybe you're not there. Bishop is, I believe. I'm shocked. Leviticus, the whole book, is just, it, it's a garble mess unless you understand that it's talking about live holy, live righteous. We do it by spiritual principles, not by legalistic principles. So in the beginning when the law was given, it was shaken. It was shaken. But oh God, when the church was born, there was a shakening in the world because it brought in a new concept. Is the law of God was not just written on tables of stone. Now it's written in the heart now it's written in the body of a person that says i'm gonna follow the lord Amen. you've come to mount zion the city of the living god the heavenly jerusalem to an innumerable company of angels on to jesus the mediator of the new covenant and, and on and on and on we pick up the reading in verse 25 hebrews 12 25 see that ye refuse not him that speaketh for if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, how much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven? Look, look at this. Whose voice then shook the earth, the giving of the law, but he hath promised, saying, yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also the heavens. In the giving of the law, it shook the earth. In the giving of, of his life, amen, he began to shake the heavens. And now we are seeing the heavens are being shaken and the earth is being shaken. What is it doing? God says, I'm about to come. 
I'm about to return, so I'm going to shake everything loose that it should be given up and, and turned aside, and then everything that remains is still, still going to stand. Hallelujah. There's going to be a lot of people that get caught up in this mess, and they're going to walk away from truth, walk away from God, but those that have said, I am determined to be stable. I am determined to be unmovable in this season of shaking. Families are being shaken. The culture is being shaken. Institutions of our world and governments are being shaken. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And it's not done. Who was it that said, there's a whole lot of shaking going on. <laughs> now I finally got some of y'all's attention. <laughs> Look at Hebrews 12, 28. This is the crux of our matter today. Hebrews 12, 28. Wherefore, we receive in a kingdom which cannot be moved. We receive a kingdom which cannot be removed. Cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. The kingdom that has been born and created by God that we have been born into cannot be moved. I don't care what act of Congress puts on there. I don't care how many genders they create. It's still the word is only two. It doesn't matter how much they say. Don't say father. Don't say mother. It doesn't matter if they pray all man and all woman. It does not matter because it is a kingdom that cannot be removed. What it says in the book is what it's going to be. What the Bible declares, amen, is what it is going to be. Nevertheless, we need to understand that we have a kingdom that that cannot be removed. It's not my kingdom, it's my king's. It's not my church, it's the king's. Therefore, we must be transfixed on him and then secure in his foundation. Stable, steadfast. I guarantee you there's going to be some people in the next few months that's going to look at you and say, why are you so calm? Why are you so stable? Amen. And you need to be able to give them an answer and tell them that you're a child of God and you realize that you're not part. America may crumble tomorrow. America may fall this week. We may have riots out our ears this week, but the kingdom of God will not be moved. The kingdom of God will not be moved. Remember what was prophesied by Isaiah? Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Somebody say no end. No end. No end. <laughs> Whenever God began to shake something in the time of man's history, you can rest assured that there's a powerful demonstration and a new dimension about to follow. When God shook on Mount Sinai, he was putting in the tabernacle and the law and the worship. Oh, hallelujah. In these last days, the shaking that is going on, on right now is to prepare the children of God for the return of Jesus Christ. Somebody say he's coming back. Just like he said he would. He's coming back in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. And I, ch I, ch I charge you and challenge you. Make up your mind today. I'm going to be in that number. Paul wrote to Timothy and he said these words as well. 
2 Timothy 2 and 19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. (laughs) Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Ha! The foundation of God standeth sure. Let me talk to you. I've talked to you about the unmovable kingdom. Now let me talk to you about unmovable Christian, unmovable child of God. Let's go back to the book of Psalm chapter 16. Hallelujah. Psalm chapter 16 and verse 1. Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. Put yourself in today's world reading this, today's situation reading this. O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, thou art my Lord. My goodness extendeth not to thee, but to the saints that are in the earth, and to the excellent in whom is all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. Their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, nor take up the names into my lips. What they're offering, I'm not doing. What they say about that God, I'm not going to follow that God. They may try to redefine him and recharacterize him in whatever way, but I'm not going after that. Why? Verse 5, the Lord is the portion of my inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. The lines are falling to me in place places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. Why am I going to give that up? Why am I going to serve the Lord for for almost uh, uh, well, 52 years. 52 years since I received the Holy Ghost. Why am I going to serve the Lord with all of my heart for all these years? And in the last few days, amen, and things start shaking, all of a sudden Brother Keith, I decide I'm just going to go away. No! God's been too good to me. Hallelujah. I've seen him move. I've watched him move mountains. I've seen him heal the sick. I've watched him raise the dead. I've watched lives been changed. I've come too far. It's my portion. Verse 7, I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night season. I got a voice. He's telling me where to go, what to do. I'll be all right. Verse 8, I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Amen. I want to tell you, just listen to me for a second. Where did the mark of beast go? It goes in your head and in the right hand. I determined in my heart to put more of Christ in this head. Put so much of Christ in this head. Amen. And so much of Christ in my right hand. What I do and what I think. What I do and what I think. That there's no room for antichrist up there. There's no room for antichrist in my my hand. Why? Because I believe the way you can say I'm not taking the mark is to make sure you have taken the mark of Christ. That you have put all of Christ in you. Fill up your brain with Christ. Fill up your doing with Christ. Let him be the center and the the circumference of your life. And then he says, I shall not be moved. I'm not talking about some petrified dead saint that had never been moved in their life, that even a good strong wind can't knock them over. I'm talking about a child of God that's on fire for the Lord that says, I will not be moved. I will not be moved. I've set the Lord always before me. All of us want security, don't we? We need security and safety. 
Everybody likes that. We like security and safety. But the word there that means I will not be moved means to be unsure. I won't be unsure. To be in danger and jeopardy. I shall not be in danger and jeopardy. To be in peril. I will not be in peril because I've got my mind on the Lord and my right hand on the Lord. Hallelujah. It means, the word mean here means to run a risk or to hang by a thread. What are we holding on today? What are we holding on to today? As much as I love this church, I'm not holding on to this church. But I'm holding on to the Lord of the church. As much as I love you, I'm not holding on to you. I'm holding on the Lord of my brothers, my sisters. Hallelujah. Somebody stand. Would you stand with me, please? I shall not be moved. I shall not totter. I shall not tremble. I shall not quiver. I shall not become weak. I shall not be moved. Hallelujah. The brighter Proverbs says in 12 and 3, a man shall not be established by wickedness. A man shall not be established by wickedness. But the root of the righteous shall not be moved. Hallelujah. Man shall not be. I don't care how much. Our culture has picked the flowers of American blessings and prosperity, pulled it from the soil of Judeo-Christian understanding, and now we have a bouquet that's dying because we've left our foundation. But to the child of God, I'm still planted. 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 In the name of Jesus Christ, I shall not be moved. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15 and 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain. The same Paul declared this in Acts 20 and 24, And none of these things move me. None of these things move me. None of these things move me. The psalmist declared in, in 16 and 8 that we read to you, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. I'm going to hold on to truth. I'm going to hold on to truth and triumph. I'm going to hold on to the promise of God and not let my soul be shaken. I will not be moved. I will not be moved off of what? Not my political understanding, not my ideas, but I will not be moved off of the word. I will not be moved off of the word. I believe we need to study this more than ever. We need to read it more than ever. Thank you for listening to the MPC Podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.